There's one name that I thought of when I woke up this morning, and that's someone who I'm sure part of him is happy for the team. He just doesn't get to be part of it. And that gentleman's name is Al Heppel. I'm going to tell you why he's important as we bring in Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. How are you today, Freach? That's a good call on Alan Heppel. Really good call on that, Merrick. I'm not surprised so, that you would think of that because you're uh, you're big into the prospects in the scouting community, and Heppel's a big part of that and was in Colorado. Yeah, so here's so I woke up this morning, Fridge, and I thought, okay, so we put the podcast to bed last night. We talked about all the people in Colorado that are happy about this and people that participated in it and, you know, helped build this team. And so there are players that, that come and go and coaches come and go and people in management come and go and in, in and out of the organization. And Al Heppel was the director of amateur scouting for Colorado. I want to say from like, I think it was like 2009 or 2010 until 2021. And was let go and got a job with Arizona. And listen, that's probably the reason why, you know, Arizona went with the Colorado offer um, for Darcy Kemper and not the Edmonton offer because he would have known Connor Timmons really well uh, and wanted that prospect. And that was one of his picks with the Colorado Mm -hmm. Avalanche. Um, I mean, you run down the list of people that Al Heppel was, you know, uh, had a, a, a big hand in drafting and bringing into the organization. It's Gabriel Landeskog. It's Nathan McKinnon. It's Miko Rantanen. It's Kale McCarr. You know, I woke up this morning thinking, I'm sure Al Heppel has a lot of friends there and he's happy for them all and a lot of players that he's friends with and he's happy for them all. But Al Heppel's not going to get a ring. And I don't know if this is going to mean anything to Al Heppel, but I just want that name out there because he's someone who helped build this foundation that everybody in that glorious Stanley Cup photo, dented cup and all, you know, that, that, that he was part of. He made that foundation. He was a big part of it. And he should at least have his name mentioned amongst, you know, some of these wonderful hockey players, coaches, and hockey executives for each. Well, you know, generally, Jeff, I think you're a really terrible person, but this is an incredibly <laughs> nice sentiment. Um, you know, th- th- this is this is one thing I always tell people, and young people who are just kind of starting out in business, and that is that I always say to them, the right people are always watching, and the right people always know the truth in terms of who's responsible for things, who's not responsible for things, uh, things like that. And I I guarantee to you, because it always happens, that at some point last night, Alan Heppel got a whole bunch of text messages from people saying, hey, excuse me, I know you're not there now, but you were a huge part of this. And uh, I think it's good that, you know, people remember that. It's, you know, the, there's, there's always people who have a huge impact in an organization who are not there when the organization is successful. And he's a, he's a perfect example of that. Um, to some of the people that were successful last night and in this series and in this playoff run and in this regular season as well... Uh... You talked a lot. I think we all talked a lot about Kale McCarr. How could you not? And what a week he wins! You know, he wins the Norris Trophy. He wins the Stanley Cup. He wins the Conn Smythe Trophy. I don't know what you do for an encore uh, for that. Maybe next year he turns around and, and wins the Hart Trophy. Um, your, just your, your thoughts on the Conn Smythe Trophy winner, Kale McCarr. I, I want to ask you some about his draft in a second, but your thoughts on on Kale McCarr in this series and the season that he had. Unanimous winner, which I, which I think is very fair. 
Uh, everybody voted for him. I think there were 18 voters. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to have big complaints over that. I have to tell you, the biggest, the biggest decision I had to make with my ballot was, do I put McDavid on? So I had, I had McCarr one, I had uh, McKinnon two, and I went with Vasilevsky three. And I, I really thought about putting McDavid on. It, it was something that I, I don't know if I wrestled with, but, you know, uh, in, my, in, in my various uh, stages of uh, debauchery over the past couple of weeks, I would, <laughs> you know, I would ask people, you know, what do you think about this? And I mean, ultimately it's my decision, but sometimes I like to bounce things off of people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jeff, I think at the end of the day, if you, if I put if I put McDavid on, then either McKinnon wasn't getting voted for, or Vasilevsky wasn't getting voted for. And I just thought at the at the end of the day, those two teams made the final. And as great as McKinnon, or as great as McDavid was, and, and he was great, and so was Dreisaitl, I think you have to reward people who get to the final. So when it comes to McCarr, unanimous, very deserving, no problem with it. The, one of the toughest things for me on my ballot was, do I, do I include McDavid? And it's still amazing when you think about it. We had a six-game final, and those yeah. two guys are still one and two in scoring. Uh, and number three is Kale McCarr uh, through all of yeah. it. But you're right. Like, that's, this is like Federico. What year was it? The Federico and Gilmore uh, were still tops, even though St. Louis bowed out in the semifinals. And they were still that was one, and, one, one and two. 86, yeah. And they were still one and two uh, in yeah. NHL scoring. Um, so was this the season then, and maybe more specifically, was this the playoff then where Kale McCarr distinguished himself and graduated himself into the class of McDavid and Matthews and anybody else you consider to be amongst the greatest players in the game, period? Well, I think so. And, and you know, like you, you talked about it, I think, he could, I think he's going to win a Hart Trophy. I think it could be as soon as next year. Like sometimes you have to get that playoff success to sort of get to where you need to go in terms of individual recognition. Um, McCarr now, I mean, Norris Trophy, Conn Smythe Trophy, Stanley Cup winner, uh, and he's, he's in the top tier of the league. You know, if you sat down and made a list right now, Jeff, and said, here's, here's the top players in the league, McCarr... Top five. Yeah. Top three. Top three. Uh, th- well, could like be. McDavid's I think McDavid, McDavid is McDavid. McDavid is number one going away. Mm-hmm. I, do you want to put goaltenders separate from all of this? No, you don't have to. It's totally up to you. It's See, your I, list. You do whatever I, I, you want. So, In Merrick world, you're the king. <laughs> what a lonely empire that is. Um, I would still put, based on this season and based on right now, Igor Shosturkin. In that conversation, I put over Austin over Vasilevsky. I do. Yes. Oh my! What? Oh my goodness! Like I love yeah. Shosturkin, but come on, <laughs> yes. come on. Igor Shosturkin over Andre Vasilevsky. Hey, you said it was my empire. Your empire just collapsed. <laughs> was, but I think you. It was I a, a short lived fiefdom. 
I think I think you can put I think you can put Kale McCarr easily top five and and knocking on the door for top three. Yeah. I might go I, I, I might go I think my top three might be McDavid, Matthews, McCarr. The three M's. Yeah. I mean, um he's re- he's redefining that position and here's what I wonder about now. We have the NHL draft coming up on the 7th. Yep. And we know this is a copycat league, and we know now that everybody wants to find their Kale McCarr. So yep. whether it's Nemich, whether it's Juracek, I wonder if there's going to be a Kale McCarr ripple in the draft where we see defensemen that can move their feet more value than ever. You know that happens. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, the thing is, you can't fit someone in who doesn't have that skill set. No one, no one does I, it like there's, there's, there, there are first, first of all, there are no Macars in this draft. Let's well, just get, let's just get that, let's get that out of the way. All I'm saying is that players like him all of a sudden become more val- like when Washington won, right? So Washington yeah. wins the cup, but all of a sudden everybody has to have a Tom Wilson. It's the race to get a Tom Wilson. I wonder mm-hmm. now what the race is. Is the race now to get someone like Kale McCarr? We need defensemen that can move their feet like this. Yeah, no one's going to get Kale I, McCarr. You know what I mean, though? Well, then the, then the thing is you can't do that. First of all, there's, there aren't many guys like him. You can say we want to we we get Kale McCarr. It's like, it's like, you know what we really need to win the NBA title? Michael Jordan. Well, <laughs> Go get things Jordan. are so easy to find. <laughs> Everybody would have one. It's um, listen. It's it, it was a remarkable performance by Makar. I, I want to get to a few more names here too. And I know by we the talked. Way, to I got to the... tell you something. So I'm trying to figure yeah. out. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what Kucherov was doing at the end of the game. Throwing his gloves. It looked like. Well, so this is what I think happened. Okay, so okay. The, the the Colorado guys were saying on the ice. I meant to talk about this in the podcast, but I forgot. The Colorado guys were staying on the ice that Hedman was really giving it to the officials. And he was mad about that, that icing. Non-icing, yeah. That wasn't called, yes. And he, and he, was, he was really mad about it. And you know, it goes to the thing that we were talking about, Jeff, that the Lightning are completely unsatisfied. Like they've, they've sat here and they've won two Stanley Cups, and it was as if they'd never won one because they were so determined to win this other one. And apparently Hedman was barking uh, at the officials as Colorado was celebrating and they were waiting to do the handshakes. That's how mad he was. So, so I think that's what Kucherov was mad about too. Now I have to, now I was surprised that that was not called an icing, but Kevin and Kelly pointed out to mm. me, if you go back and you watch that game, he, that, that particular linesman, had two or three similar icings where he made the same call. Like if the puck slowed down, he he waved it off. I just thought it was kind of jarring to have that happen at the at the end of the game. I, I think we all assumed that they would get the benefit of the doubt of that call. But they've said that a lot. But Kevin and Kelly, like I looked at it and said, how could you not call that icing? And Kevin and Kelly said, you know what? He was consistent with that call all game long, but you still expect 
to get it. And that's why I think Kucherov was firing his gloves like that. I see. It, it looked to me like he was going off to try. He, well, not going off, but he needed a new stick, and the trainer was too slow getting it, and so he whipped his gloves oh. out. That's, that's what it looked like to me. Like, I need a new stick. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'll screw it. It's too late. Uh, I thought he was maybe mad at the icing. This will because Hedman was definitely mad at the icing. The Avalanche players were saying that, you know, they, they were kind of laughing that the you know the series was over and Hedman was still in 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 game mode. Um, I was talking about um, Jared Bednar became before he came on, and I was, I was trying to remember whether he had re-upped with uh, Columbus before he signed with Colorado. Um, Allison Lucan from Seattle sent me the uh, the update because she used to cover uh, Columbus with the Athletic. Uh, July nineteenth, Bedner signs two year extension with Monsters. August twenty fifth, signs with the Colorado Avalanche. We talk about the stories of patience, and I think that is it's hard when you're a manager to be patient. You want to you want to fix things, you want to get things changed, and you want to quote unquote do something. When things aren't going right, I think that one of the the smartest things that Joe Sackick, one of the oh, sorry, one of the best qualities I think that Joe Sackick has is patience. Mm-hmm. Patience with Bednar, patience with his team, patience with the Deshane deal, patience mm-hmm. with a lot of things. Patient, like, uh, go right up and down the list. The calling card for Sackick here is this is what happens when you don't try to force things and you're patient. Your thoughts on Joe Sackick. And here's another question for you. Is Joe Sackick still the general manager next year? Uh, I'll get to the first one second. Um, uh, I, I, look, Colorado this year, Chris McFarland, their assistant general manager, he wasn't allowed to talk to Anaheim. I don't think he was allowed to talk to San Jose. When that happens, you're taking care of someone. Yeah. So he's, I don't know what the timing of it's going to be, but I don't think it's going to be too long until he's, you know, the general manager in, in Colorado or he's elevated somehow in, in Colorado and Sackett maybe moves up too. Um, I definitely think that that's on the radar. It's just a matter of the, the timing and, and how they're going to structure it. Look, I, I think, you know, it, it's really amazing to me. Guys like Joe Sackick and Steve Eiserman, they don't have to do this. And, you know, the one thing I think about Sackick was, you know, Eiserman kind of threw himself into it. He really, he, he wanted to do the job. And there, there's a lot of people around the league who will tell you that when, when individuals like Eiserman go into a front office, there's, there's, there's a bit of jealousy in the sense that people say, well, he's just being handed it because he's a great player, and that doesn't mean he's going to be a great executive, and we'll see how hard he works. And a lot of those same people um, would said to me they were shocked. Like, they'd go into the dirtiest, dingiest rink somewhere, and they'd see Iserman there. And they said, you know what? Like, nobody's got any right to complain about this. He's doing the job. I think Sackick was uh, dipped his toe in the water a bit more at the beginning. I think he, he was sort of like uh, the one. I think one person joked to me who's a friend of his that said he was kind of like the accidental GM. The team was struggling; they weren't in a good place, and sort of the Avalanche brought him back. And gradually, he kept on taking more and more and more of a role. And 
But the thing is, is that he, he made a lot of really tough choices that, as you said, were patient choices, but that doesn't mean that people liked it. And what people said to me about Sackett was he really wore it, um, that they were, the Avalanche were struggling. He was doing things that like, the, were the opposite of maybe reactionary people wanted to see. And that's his greatest strength and his greatest gift. And it was it was funny watching him last night. Like some of that video from the room, he's wearing that, mm. that purple or red shirt or whatever it is. He's yeah. completely drenched. Like you could tell he really loved it. He really loved it. Winning never gets old, Jeff. No, I know. It's uh and he's done a lot of it, uh, at a lot of levels, not just the NHL but uh but internationally as well with Team Canada. Um Nathan McKinnon can finally say he's done something. You know, one of the things that I think uh, has always stopped people in their tracks is when Nathan McKinnon stops people in their tracks when they start talking about him. And he always says, look, I haven't done anything yet. I haven't won anything yet. Well, now Nathan McKinnon has won something, and it's the biggest prize in hockey. Yeah, like I'm happy for a lot of people last night, and McKinnon is certainly one of them. You know, I got a, I got a text last I got a text this morning from a friend of mine who was watching the post game, and he said that um, it, he said it was quite a run of interviews last night. Like when you when you when you went from McKinnon to uh, Landeskog uh, and Kadri, obviously that was probably uh, one of the ones that people will remember. And he he said it was it was really fascinating to see just the the juxtaposition. Um, between how everybody was reacting, but they all had very interesting things to say in their own, especially in Kadri's case, very unique ways. Um, you know, McKinnon um, joking about Crosby, Landeskog getting emotional talking about the group, uh, Kadri uh, kicking his haters right in the face or somewhere else, pick the body part you want to talk about. Um, you know, I mean, it like it, it, that's... The, you know, that is, the, the the moments for me after the Stanley Cup are awarded are some of the best about covering the sport. Because you see, like, I was, I, I stayed in my seat next to Dave at the end of the game. And it was, it was, on one side, you see the elation of the avalanche. And on the other side, you see the tremendous disappointment of the lightning. Again, a team that's won twice in a row. And I, I have to tell you, like, just... The, the emotion of that moment, it's very powerful, Jeff. I really love watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a thought on Kadri. Uh, love the interview you and DA did with him. And then on the podcast, we could hear his family cheering in the background, uh, going from the rink to the hotel. Thought on Kadri and thought on his family. Well, I'm, I'm very happy for them. They went through a lot. They went through a lot this playoffs, stuff that people shouldn't have to go through. Um, and... Um, and th- that really sucked, and it's very bothersome. Um, you know, the one thing about Kadri is he's 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 an interesting guy in the sense that he's not afraid to talk about some of the difficult things he's gone through, uh, but he does it in a way that makes you think he can talk about it without being consumed by it. And he, it drives him, but it doesn't overwhelm him. Like, I've seen people who I want to get back at people, Jeff. I want to prove people wrong. But it, it sends them on a path where they're so consumed by it that they don't know how to do the proper things. They can't go about it the right way. They can't 
keep a clear head. And Kadri has a real gift, and I think it is a gift, that he can be motivated, but he, it, it's, it's not in a way that prevents him from doing what he needs to do. Like, he, he plays great. He's obviously learned some key lessons about controlling his emotions. But, you know, look, like, he channeled his, his drive in a positive way. He's, he's consistently become a better player. Um, he had a huge year and a huge playoff. And now I'm, I'm really curious to see where this is going to go. I think he recognizes how great a situation it is for him there. I think in a perfect world, he'd love to stay there. I just mm-hmm. don't know if it's going to be possible. You know, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, this idea of, um, you know, players that want to get back at people who feel that they've been wrong, uh, that, that have wronged them. And it's one thing to say, like, yeah, you know what, anyone, you know, anybody who uh, who uh, may have doubted me or thought I was a liability, you know, they can kiss my ass. And I get that. And that's the defiance of a hockey player. You know, there's an old, geez, I think it's Confucius, the old saying, before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. We've seen yep. players that get you know, overwhelmed and so focused and then distracted by these journeys of revenge. And you say to yourself, like, let it go. Like, uh, j- just just let it go. You're, you're more talented than this. So the, the one guy, I mean, there are a few, but the one the guy that I was really happy for because he was able to channel it positively was Kadri. And I'll, I'll go you one more. Um, oh, you, you remember, always have to one-up me, eh? I know. I, I'm just, I'm just going to try to big dog you on every story. So... Early in the Nash, early early in the Nashville series, it became really, really obvious. Like game one for age, that yeah, they were Nashville to go into doing something dumb, right? They were trying to get him to do something dumb, like right yeah. away. And it was like Landeskog would jump in, McKinnon would jump in, Manson would jump in. Everybody was like jumping in between Nazem Kadri and something dumb. And I said, at, at that moment, I'm like, this is, you, know, you sort of look for moments where you, you know, team bonding and they become a real team. And I'm like, this is a team that's looking out for Kadri, that they know that he has the potential to do this and they're not going to let it happen. They're not mm-hmm. going to let this guy get, like, to me, it was one of the great series of moments in this run by the Avalanche. The way in that Nashville series, everybody got between, like everyone on the Colorado team got in between Nazem Kadri and Trouble and made sure mm-hmm. that they were they were the buffer for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I mean, like, look, like you can't win without being a team. Tampa's a team, and Colorado is definitely a team. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed watching, like, some of the pictures this morning, like Eric Johnson in bed with the Stanley Cup. So good. Nachushkin's foot. Oh, oh. Uh, I mean, you know what they should do? They should put his flip-flop in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) The one that you were caught staring at as you walked into the rink? (laughs) Oh, my God, I'm so bad. So who do you think is getting into the Hall today, by the way? Who are you going Uh, with today? Who do do I want to go into? I I mean, I would love to see Daniel Alfredson go in. I'm with Uh, you on Alfredson. I've, I've wanted Alfredson for a while. Um, yeah, I'm with you on I, that. I would, I would think that eventually. I keep saying Alex McGillney, and yep. when, like, I, I think of Alex McGill, like, first of all, super productive, like, almost 500 goals, a thousand points, and he was, you know, much like Vaslav Nadamansky, much, yeah, much like Nadamansky was with uh, from Czechoslovakia, 
in the in the early seventies. I mean, here was you know Alex McGill. Like if you know anything about, remember having a long talk with Jerry Meehan about the story about getting him out and the bullets and the car chases and he's in yeah he's putting himself in jeopardy and risk and the family as well. Like I really really want McGillney um, to get in. Uh, I would like to see, I would like to see Carolyn Ouellette. Uh, get in. I mean, in any comment, I think Cassie's going to get in there eventually. I think Jennifer Bottle is going to get in yep. there. Uh, I wonder about Rod Brindamore getting in there eventually. This the Sedines. I mean, See, I, I, long... I, I, I my guess is today is the Sedines day. That's my guess. You think it is, eh? Is it, Listen, you know what? Like, they're 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 no brainers. Yeah, they're they're no brainers. It would be, listen. It would be a great one for the Sedines, Alfredson, and Willette. Ah, but then McGillney, man, I want McGillney in there too. I don't know who are you going with. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna. I think the Sedines. Um, like I agree with you. I, th- I, I'm an Alfredson guy. I'm a Brindamore guy. I'm a, uh, I'm a McGillney guy. Um, I'm a Campbell Pascal and Botterill uh, guy, especially because they're co-workers. So I. I know them as people. Um, like those are that's my group. That's my group. But you know, I think the Sedines. I think I, I'm a Luongo guy too. I, I yeah. think the Sedines deserve to go in the first time they're eligible. I think they're they're special. They're they're like, like I think that maybe it's the baseball thing. Like if the first year you're eligible, you go in. I think they should be. I think they should go in the first year they're eligible. Here's another name that I, I like throwing out at people, and I like this person going into the Hall of Fame, and that's Red Berenson. Yeah, I got some tweets about that today. Did that's you? An interesting one. Yeah, but he would go in as a builder, right? That's separate. That's that's separate. That's separate. But I I I, I like the idea of Red Berenson being in there. Uh, you know, I've long long given up. You know, as 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 one person once told me, like no one on the committee is old enough to have seen him play. But I still think that, as far as oversight goes, I think Lauren Shabbat deserves to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, mm-hmm. but that's from you know generations and, and and generations ago. I think he still made cases for Steve Larmer. Um, mm-hmm. and these types and these types of players. I mean, Steve Larmer, yes. And you know the thing about Steve Larmer is, I, I've always wondered if Larmer was kind of blackballed because of his union stuff. It wouldn't surprise and, me, and, and I don't, I don't like that. Like, I hope that's not true, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so we'll see. This will come out uh, a little bit later on this afternoon. We will stand by for that news. Anyway, um, travel safe, Rage. You'd be good, man. Travel yes, safe. Yes, uh, you know what? The, we're just getting called into the gate. So if the door closes on me and I'm stuck here, it's your fault. But I'll just go back <laughs> to the hotel pool. Uh, there's only one person that would like me for that, and that would be Steph. Steph would be yeah. like, yes, like. yes, keep him away. Uh, you be good. Travel As safe. We'll talk soon. Night, tell the boyfriend to go home. I'm coming back. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Fridge. Travel safe. You be well. Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.